Today's episode is presented by Lodestar, the fee experts. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Lodestar Lending Leaders. This week, I'm joined with Rob Crane from the CEO and founder of Down Payment Resources to talk a little bit about more, more about what he does there. Um, and I'm really excited to jump into it. So thank you, Rob, so much for joining me today. Well, thank you, Elena. It's great to be with you. Appreciate the chance. Of course. Um, so we have some great questions for he for you here today. Um, but I think something that we talk about a lot is affordability in the mortgage industry. You know, we talk about it from a closing costs angle, and obviously the down payment is a huge hurdle, right? We talk about cash to close a lot here at Lodestar. You know, how has your journey from an LO to you know being here really guided how you deal with down down payments? Yeah. So, um, you know, the journey started really when I think about it back in the early nineties, I was, uh, I was originating and I actually went to work for a bank as a producing manager. Uh, that bank had a strong commitment to meeting its CRA requirements. And so everybody, no matter where you worked, uh, and my, my branch was in a relatively affluent area, but you were still expected to do, uh, outreach every month and turn in reports and say what you did. So that got me, that um, made me aware of the challenges and the opportunities around down payment assistance. And I actually even uh, back then spent part of a weekend writing a memo to my boss saying, here's how I think you should do it or how we should do it. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't what became down payment resource, but yeah, it just, it was a fascinating, complicated uh, problem that I thought about. And then fast forward, um, you know, 14 years later, I was uh, in a boardroom with a bunch of developers and home builders. I was on a steering committee and we were trying to figure out how to spend a multi-million dollar gift that was given by a developer uh, to start what they call the workforce housing center. Mm -hmm. And everybody was sitting around this big conference table saying, well, what's a workforce housing center? What, what should we do with the money? And I was, you know, I didn't speak developer speak. But I was trying to contribute to the conversation. So I thought, you know, what would I do with this money? I thought, oh, well, first thing I would do is try to clean up this messy, fragmented process of finding and matching down payment assistance programs. Because, mm -hmm. you know, every every metro area and even smaller towns and cities may have dozens of programs offered by different providers different rules, different amounts of money, the funding comes and goes, you know, how's anybody supposed to keep up with it? It's not something you do every day. So that was really the the beginning of the idea. And uh, I had said really for a long time, you know, there's got to be a better way to do this. Somebody needs to clean this up and absolutely no intention of doing this. Uh, seriously, it was the furthest thing from my mind. But, you know, if you say something enough times, um, be careful what you wish for. Because, um, you know, somebody will hand you the baton and say, all right, go do it, wise guy. And, uh, you know, uh, just through a, a series of circumstances that life throws at you, the opportunity came up. And um, that was that was the beginning of that. That was uh, the end of 2007. Awesome. Um, and, you know, since you've kind of talked about the journey that you've been on through that, how has tech impacted it since you started in 2007 even to now? I think there's been a huge rise in tech in the mortgage industry and, and how we use it every day. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, just amazing amount of technology, amazing technology, you know, so much technology, so little time. And, um, you know, I think one of the biggest challenges of technology is is just adoption. And, you mm-hmm. know, having said that as, as a vendor, and I'm sure you guys, uh, you know, every every vendor, every every provider of solutions of any type, uh, something new is it, there's a there's a adoption curve to it. So, um, you know, in terms of uh, the lending process, but especially the home buyer journey, you know, there's so much, so many, so many things we could talk about with technology. But at the start of it, uh, I would say, you know, the biggest change is just the Internet and the when when home search switched from you know reading real estate ads or going to a real estate office to find out what was available you could find it online mm-hmm. and everybody starts their home search online now and mm-hmm. especially first time home buyers um you're probably starting 6 months 12 months maybe 18 months ahead of time because you don't think you have enough money you think it's going to take a while before you're ready but you know, it's it's an aspiration. So you're you're dreaming and planning, and you're looking on the internet, and that really was a um, kind of fundamental to our strategy. And it's this that uh, nobody, or almost nobody, still knows that down payment assistance exists. When I say nobody, mainly consumers. Uh, I would you know, agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you know, it's it's amazing. It's it just I could tell you stories, but um, anyway, so so. People start online. They don't know that home buying assistance or down payment assistance uh, is available. They don't even understand the concept of it. But uh, what better place to inform people? And the opportunity to inform people about it is that not only does the household have to be eligible, but the property has to be eligible. You know, and most people think about, well, you know, does my borrower make too much money? Enough money? Uh, you know, what, what are they a community hero? Are there programs for them? All of those kind of characteristics um, around the household that determine eligibility, but the property, you know, the, uh, where the property sits uh, mm. because these, these programs have uh, specific geographic boundaries. Uh, most of the programs have a maximum sales price. Certain property types are eligible depending on the program. So, what we decided is nobody knows about these programs. Everybody starts a home search online. Before we tell people they're eligible for down payment assistance, why don't we tell them that a property is eligible if it is? And not only is that property eligible for down payment assistance, but uh, which specific programs might be available assuming they're eligible? No. And and that that is that is honestly a truly wonderful thing that you, that you've built there. Um, how do you guys account for you know then educating the borrower on you know how do I qualify? What are the barriers to entry? Um, all of that. I know, for example, Philadelphia has a, a great home buyers assistance program, but you've had to live in the city for a certain number of years. You have to be under, you know, a certain income bracket and all of that. You have to buy within city boundaries. You know, what does, you know, what does that look like from the second piece of education? Yeah, that's where it gets complicated, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because it's one thing to talk about down payment assistance, but you're right. Yeah, we have, so we built a database Mm -hmm. and started collecting all of these kinds of details about the programs in the database. And over the years, we've expanded the amount of information we have about the program. So we have uh, we have up to probably a couple of hundred data points 
about each program. Now, each program doesn't necessarily have 200 rules to it, but for all the different types of programs we track, you need to be able to accommodate all the different rules, but it's still, it's very complicated. So we track that, we track it on a monthly basis. And uh, we also track the funding status because, you know, you need to know is the money there right now or not. Um, so our team, our team does that on a monthly basis. They made over 200,000 updates just last year alone to the database. So mm -hmm. things change. Uh, that's the hard part. It's, it's uh, most of that's manual. Um, you know, there's no, these agencies don't have APIs to plug into and we <laughs> get the latest. So, so we very much understand that here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we consider ourselves sort of the de facto API into all mm -hmm. this information. So we organize it and, um, there's the, the funny thing is for all of these rules and details, there's really only about seven questions you need to ask people. Uh, part of it, like I said, is the property. Where is it located? What's the price? Uh, what's the property type? But then your household, how many people in the household? What's your home ownership history? You know, mm -hmm. have you owned a home in the last three years or not? If it's been more than three years, you're considered a first time home buyer. Some of these programs have first time home buyer requirements. So all of those kind of things. So we asked the seven questions and somebody used the analogy that uh, this, you know, we automate the process of this complicated matching. And somebody said, oh, this is like uh, match.com for DPA. <laughs> and, you know, that's maybe the easiest way to explain uh, at least at least part of what we do. There's obviously more going on in the background. But um, so that's that's how people find out they're eligible. Instead of trying to go through a, lengthy program guideline or a complicated matrix to see if, you know, the stars and the moon align here or not. It's just answer these questions and here's the answer. Awesome. And obviously you're very passionate about this program because it does provide access to home ownership for a lot of people that otherwise may not have access to it. Um, you know, there are a lot of organizations right now that are doing a lot of good in that market. You know, Namba's one of them. Um, and how are you working? You know, there's a lot of conversation around, you know, Spanish speakers specifically um, with some people translating 1004, 1040 forms into Spanish, you know, really working on how can we make this process more bilingual, more inclusive? How have you guys worked with that um, as well? Yeah. So on the language part, uh, we have not gotten to the point where we want to be. Um, mm -hmm. There are a couple of reasons for that. Uh, I'd say, you know, it's more at the uh, the detail level of the programs because the fact that, as I said, things change all the time. So mm -hmm. trying to keep, keep you know, that many, you know, we have over 2,200 programs, almost 2,300 programs in the database and, yeah. you know, with all these different rules. So um, I, I think what we will do before too long is at least the basic part of the website and the basic questions we could have, you know, uh, in different languages. But as far as trying to keep up with all the details, we hadn't figured out, you know, maybe with machine learning or artificial intelligence or, or natural language processing, maybe we can get there, but, but we haven't yet. And I don't think, I think as a whole, right, it's something the industry is really striving to and, and working towards. I don't think there's any one technology that has done it really well yet. You know, I go to a lot of conferences, I interact with a lot of vendors, you know, 
multi-language is not something I think anyone really excels at yet. So the fact that it's on your, on your roadmap is, is absolutely wonderful. Um, you know, could you give us just kind of your perspective on home buyer education? I know it's something that, you know, we talked a little bit about cash to close earlier and all of that, you know, how do you view home buyer education as part of the process as someone who's been both an LO and is now kind of on the vendor side? Yeah, it's critical. Uh, it's critical in several ways, but the good thing is that most of these programs require the borrower to take a HUD approved home buyer education program and get their certificate before they close. And the the reason that's so important is, uh, well, I'll, let me say it the other way. It's proven to be so important because the data shows that these loans, the payment uh, performance on these on loans that have down payment assistance layered are on par with prime loans. You know, sometimes people think, oh, if you need down payment assistance, isn't that a subprime loan or something? Mm -hmm. And it's absolutely not. These loans are fully underwritten. They have minimum FICO scores and you have to have that education. And that education has proven to be one of the major factors in the good performance that these borrowers have on their payment history. So vital. And, uh, you know, as you know, even beyond that, you know, there's there are uh, programs out there post-closing uh, uh, home ownership programs and things like that, that, that help even more. So um, you just can't get enough uh, of that education. Uh, there's just, there's so much to learn. And, you know, obviously we stress the importance of it. Is there anything you think that, you know, as a, as a whole, when we're talking about home buyer education, where do you see the future of that? that going, obviously we're looking a lot to, you know, we've had some great uh, mortgage influencers on our podcast, uh, Jordan Nutter from uh, NFM Lending, uh, Stacey Real, uh, all of those have kind of talked talk a lot about home buyer education and making it more approachable for home buyers. Um, what, where do you see, do you see us continuing going down that route? Or do you think we need, there's a need for more formalized uh, education, like a HUD certified program for home buyers? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think there's definitely a need for that. But um, and, and, you know, one of the changes in the last I don't know, since we've been doing this over the last 15 years is that, um, you know, the, the, there are some HUD approved uh, online education programs. And, you know, that makes a lot of sense because everybody's busier than ever. Uh, that made a whole lot of sense during COVID because mm -hmm. you couldn't have the Saturday morning classes down at the uh, housing finance agency. So. Uh, you know, that's, that's helped uh, make it easier, you know, on demand. I mean, you still have to do it and, you know, you don't want to be doing it the night before closing or you might delay your closing. So, um, but having said that, I think there's a huge opportunity. I don't think, I know there's a huge opportunity for loan officers and lending institutions to, to offer as much education as they can. I mean, you know, some mm -hmm. things, it's the whole thing about, um, it's kind of a cliche, but, you know, high tech, high touch. Uh, yeah. and, and we see this, we we've seen it even more. So the last couple of years, uh, a lot of lenders are getting out there. They're, they're really getting out into the communities and doing more education face to face. And that, you know, that just means a lot. It's, you know, it's great to get it online, but when you can, you know, see somebody face to face, sit down, answer their questions, build that trust, um, 
know, that's, that's, that's how you, that's how you start to build your, you know, your customers for life starts, you know, start, start early and build that relationship, build that trust and do something for them that nobody else has done. Tell them, you know, tell them about down payment assistance. A lot of people haven't. So, you know, looking at ways to differentiate yourself, you know, this is still a, a blue ocean of opportunity. I love that. Um, and I think we'd be a little remiss uh, if we didn't talk a little bit about automation. It's kind of, you know, an ongoing trend. It's almost not a trend at this point anymore. It's something lenders are, are being forced into at this point. Um, how are you guys using automation with your tools? Do lenders have access to it through that? Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, everything we have that they that they license from us is in the cloud. It uh, automates some very complicated processes. And then in the background, um, just managing our database, because again, you can imagine over 2000 programs mm -hmm. and updating all the changes. And uh, I, I don't even know where to begin really to, to kind of paint a picture of how complicated it is keeping these programs up to date. Because for example, if it's a program available to the state, state of Pennsylvania, um, there's still gonna be different coverage areas and the mm -hmm. the sales price or the maximum household income will vary, you know, be higher in the city of Philadelphia than it would be, you know, in Western Pennsylvania, for example. Yeah. So, um, try, you know, trying to keep all of these moving parts and, and go through these updates you know, requires more and more automation. Uh, the other thing that what we're looking at now, uh, and the jury's still out uh, because it's pretty complicated, but uh, you know, we think there's uh, an opportunity possibly to, uh, you know, I mentioned uh, AI and mm -hmm. um, natural language processing and machine learning. Uh, we're we're looking at all of the information, the pieces of information we have, the documents that the information comes from. And we're assessing, you know, could that could those technologies be applied to streamline that process? Because again, the, you know, the the agencies don't have APIs to get to their get to their latest updates. Um, you know, we've got to we've got to capture that and process it. And it's just very, very manual. Yeah. I, I totally understand that. Uh we Manage fees for every county, every township, uh, all fifty states. Yeah, we we, so. we need we need to compare notes offline and figure out if we, <laughs> we we may be missing something that you're doing that you could help us with. We can do that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rob, for taking the time to meet with me today and talk about uh, down payments and assistant programs. It's honestly so wonderful um, to have someone putting this together, so it's an easy to access database for home buyers and lenders to use um, to help their borrowers as well, um, especially with where we're headed, most likely, according to the MBA. So where can people find you, Rob? Uh, well, they could find me on downpaymentresource.com. Uh, my email address is rcrane at downpaymentresource.com, crane with an H, so R-C-H-R-A-N-E. Or they could, uh, if you don't remember that, just at downpaymentresource.com, just uh, click on info at and uh, shoot me an email. Uh, and we love to, we love to get emails. We love to answer questions. We love to talk to people and we love to hear people's um, experiences. You know, we, we do a lot of case studies and, you know, that's uh, one of the most inspiring things is to hear some of the personal stories, um, both from a loan officer's point of view, a real estate agent's point of view, and of course the home buyer's point of view. 
you know, when you can, when you can, um, as a real estate professional, when you can help somebody get into a home, uh, way before they thought they could, or maybe they didn't even think it was ever possible. Um, you know, you're really doing something special for somebody. I mean, you're changing the trajectory of, of their, not only their financial lives, but their entire lives because of all the other benefits that come along with home ownership. It's, you know, it is, yes, it's wealth building, uh, and generational wealth building, but it's health outcomes, educational outcomes, just quality of life. So, uh, you know, when you can do this for people, you know, it's a, it's a superpower that loan officers and real estate agents have that they can offer their customers. And again, not everybody's doing it. So, um, there's, there's a great opportunity too, but the, you know, the thing that, um, along with that, along those lines, it sort of helps fuel this inspiration is, you know, St. Louis fed in the last couple of years, put out some research and they just compared the median, median net worth of homeowner or homeowners versus renters. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think the, the median for homeowners was 256,000 for renters. It was, I want to say 5,600 or something like that. So you just look at that one stat and think, wow, I could change. So I could really change somebody's life. And I could tell you stories, story after story about some of the case studies we've done, but you can imagine. And I'm, and I'm, and I know with what you guys do, you've seen this too. So I'm preaching to the choir. Well, I appreciate it. And I realized I didn't ask you the funnest question, which I think for for what you guys do is so important. Um, a lodestar is actually a guiding light in the night sky. It's what we're named after. Um, and, you know, we always like to ask our guests, you know, what do you think your guiding light is? Why do you do what you do? Yeah, I think just really just what I what I what I mentioned is just um it's, 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 it really, you know, maybe this sounds corny, but I don't care. It, it, you know, it's, it's a win, win, win. I mean, our team is so excited every day because they know that people are benefiting from it. Ultimately a homeowner or a new homeowner is benefiting, but anybody who, who uses our tools benefits loan officers can close more loans. Realtors can sell more homes. Uh, When a loan officer can help their referral partners sell more homes in a year that builds that relationship. So, you know, it's, um, it just, it, it feels good. Yeah, it does. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rob, for joining me today and everyone who's listened this far. Thank you for listening to us. Um, please like subscribe, comment, and rate us five stars wherever you're listening or watching to this podcast. It really helps us out. Um, And thank you so much for listening and we'll see everyone next week. Thank you for listening to the Lodestar's Lending Leaders Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and rate us five stars anywhere you get your podcasts. A special thank you to the Lodestar Podcast Production team, Jim Paolino, Tim Austin, and John Gardner.